read and hear more about important news, events, and public policy debates at ncnewsline.com. This is News and Views. Welcome back to News and Views. I'm Rob Schofield. This coming week in Johnston County, the death penalty, a punishment our state has not inflicted in close to two decades, will effectively go on trial when one of more than a 100 pending challenges to the racially discriminatory way North Carolina long sentenced people to death is heard in the case of a defendant named Hassan Bakot. Lawyers for Mr. Bakot say they'll show that race affected not only jury selection and jury sentencing in his case, but in scores of cases across North Carolina. The trial comes at a moment in which death penalty opponents have launched a spirited new effort to end the death penalty in North Carolina once and for all. And last week I sat down with one of the leaders of that movement, the executive director of the North Carolina Coalition for Alternatives to the Death Penalty, Noelle Nickel. Well, Noelle Nickel, welcome to News and Views. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Rob. The Coalition for Alternatives to the Death Penalty has been working on this issue for a long time. Where do things stand? We, we haven't had an execution in this state for close to two decades. Where is the death penalty in North Carolina and what are your hopes for the coming years? I really appreciate that question. It's a big one. And I'll start with what you have identified in that we haven't had an execution in almost 18 years. And because of that, you know, the death penalty is really off the radar for so many North Carolinians. So it is our goal to change that. The coalition works to educate people about the realities of the death penalty, particularly about the systemic racism, which is the foundational underpinnings of the death penalty all across the country, but also in North Carolina. And so really trying to reach people and engage them in the conversation so that we finally can end this barbaric practice in our state. We don't need it. It doesn't keep us safe. It doesn't deter crime. And so empowering people to use their voice, to communicate that more loudly so that those who have the power to to change the system will do so. And I also want to add that very important voices for our coalition's work are people most directly impacted. So primarily people who have suffered the loss of loved ones to homicide. They have led our commutation campaign, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about, and also exonerees, family members who've suffered the loss of family members who were executed as well, impacted people. It's clear to me that there's been a shift in societal attitudes. I sometimes wonder if some of it has to just do with dramas on television where people realize, oh my gosh, law enforcement and prosecutors make mistakes all the time. I wonder what what you think has been the driving factor or if there are, maybe there are several that seems to have caused this gradual but undoubted shift in public attitude. I think the fact that now 23 states don't have the death penalty, that impacts us here in North Carolina for people who are aware of that data point. But I think you're also right that there is a growing awareness of inequities that people wanted to deny. Some continue to deny, of course, but particularly with the racial reckoning that so many of us have have come to appreciate and um, try to fight against that racial injustice in our country. I think that has shifted a lot of thinking about broader criminal legal reform and somewhat about the death penalty as well. Well, you mentioned, of course, racial inequities and racial injustice, and that's a perfect segue to discuss a very important case that will be on trial, at least at this point, as we have this conversation on February 26th in Johnston County, which is a case involving the North Carolina Racial Justice Act, which was on the books for a few years and which has been uh, held that it's still available to the use of those who were on death row at that time. Talk to us about this case and and why it's so important, uh, both for the individual involved and to the the broader context of of racism and the death penalty and indeed the future of the death penalty in North Carolina. 
It truly is a landmark case. Uh, North Carolina had historic landmark decisions around the Racial Justice Act that was passed in 2009, but then, as you said, later repealed. And so this case stands alone as an opportunity to be a real precedent-setting case for the other pending Racial Justice Act litigation claims, which the Supreme Court ruled were still valid. And so that leaves about 120 death sentenced people in North Carolina to still have valid claims under the previous Racial Justice Act litigation. And so if Mr. Bacote's case goes forward, there will be statistical evidence. And I just wanna pause and say, the Racial Justice Act and the issues that the, I think it's 860,000 pages of evidence, it's complicated, okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm not an attorney. But what is at the heart of this case is not at all complicated. It is not complicated to accept and acknowledge the fact that the death penalty is systemically racist in North Carolina. The data is undeniable. And the fact that this case really focuses on jurors, the process of prosecutors and defense teams selecting jurors for capital cases, and the data tells us that jurors were struck from Mr. Bacote's case. That means that the prosecutor said, didn't have to give a reason, but said three times more often for a person of color, you cannot serve on this jury than they did for a white person or a non-black person. That rate for North Carolina, by the way, is two times. The rate for the prosecutor that is trying Mr. Bacote's case is 10 times. Wow. So this case, and for it to be in Johnston County, which has such a historical record of racial terror, in fact, and a billboard, you know, welcoming everyone to Klan country. So this case, it means we have to grapple with what we already know and we have to fix it. We're talking with Noel Nickel, who's the executive director of the North Carolina Coalition for Alternatives to the Death Penalty. We're talking about the state of the death penalty in North Carolina and a, and a very important case that will be argued, we think, in Johnston County coming up in the coming days. If there's a finding here that race played an unjust role in the selection of jurors, it's not as if Mr. Bacote's going to be released from prison, right? Or any of the people who've been uh, pursuing these Racial Justice Act claims. No, that's right. The four individuals who eventually did receive relief under the Racial Justice Act litigation are now sentenced to life without parole. And so that is the most likely outcome uh, for Mr. Bacote as well. If this particular evidentiary hearing is ruled to be in favor of him and there is no appeal that diminishes that, that finding. You uh, referenced early in our conversation a campaign that you all are leading right now across the state that's above and apart from this, or at least maybe above and related to this, uh, to this uh, case that's taking place in Johnston County. Talk to us about some of the, the broader political efforts that are being pursued uh, on this front. This case really is related to our gubernatorial commutation campaign because the two reasons that we haven't had executions in North Carolina are the Racial Justice Act litigation and then lethal injection litigation. And as some of your listeners may know, uh, lethal injection litigation um, involves lethal injection, of course. And Alabama recently executed someone using a different method 
essentially suffocation. And we believe that executions could possibly resume in North Carolina. And so to try to ensure that that doesn't happen, we have launched a commutation campaign calling on Governor Cooper to commute all death sentences to prison terms before he leaves office. He's term prohibited, so he will not run again. And we believe that this is in keeping with the legacy that he wants to leave. He founded the first office for violence prevention in the Southeast. He established the Racial Equity Trek Commission. So we know that racial equity is important to him. We know that he considers cases very carefully and is a thoughtful leader. And so we have been advancing this campaign actually since December of 2022. And it was launched by homicide survivor family members. And we have now engaged North Carolinians all across the state with a postcard campaign, sending him postcards asking him to commute all death sentences. Is there a way for folks to learn more about the campaign or to become engaged in it? Yes. Please go to our website, nccadp.org, and you will find all the information about our commutation campaign. We've had multiple sign-on letters. We had more than 350 faith leaders across the state endorse the commutation campaign, and we continue to have other organizations uh, sign letters to Governor Cooper as well. It seems from my perspective, perhaps, that the, that the pro-death penalty movement perhaps has lost a little steam in recent years. It seems as if the chief argument was always, well, this will be a deterrent to crime, but it seems pretty clear that from the evidence that that's just not the case. I think another compelling reason that some of those individuals might have held out in believing that we still need the death penalty is the cost. I Mm. had a conversation with individuals just yesterday and people falsely believe that executing people is cheaper and that is not true. If you're not swayed by racial inequities or by deterrence or just by someone's humanity, then more and more I think people who are not otherwise swayed are looking at the cost. It's $11 million to pursue a capital case. I presume you've read the accounts of of the execution that took place in Alabama and how it puts to rest the notion that this can somehow be done in a humane way. I want to add to that empathy for those individuals that must carry out that execution. And those stories are starting to come out more and more. Uh, Wardens or chaplains or the prison staff who are responsible for that lethal, whether it's an injection or the, the gas that was used in Alabama. And so if executions were to resume in North Carolina, I have to think about our state employees that would be called upon to carry out those acts. Noel Nickel is the executive director of the North Carolina Coalition for Alternatives to the Death Penalty. You can learn all about the organization, its campaign to bring a, a measure of justice to our criminal justice system in North Carolina at nccadp.org, or you can just uh, do a web search for the Coalition for Alternatives to the Death Penalty. Noel, thanks for your service to our state. Hopefully we'll have a more positive conversation in the coming months. Thank you so much for the opportunity to visit with you and your listeners, Rob. Coming up next, a national expert on foreign policy and homeland security explains why he's deeply concerned about some of the stances the American right is embracing with respect to Russia and Ukraine. Stay with us. 